This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. So great to have you. Great to have you here today. You know, and, I, and it's just, just what a what a week. And you know, in, in working in working with this material and, and, and thinking about Christmas, just what strikes me more and more is the poetry of it, the incredible, beautiful poetry of this story. You know, in the new church, we don't view the Bible as like a book of history that, that, you know, that we look to and we look to for exact facts. Yes, there are facts, obviously. We believe Christ really lived, breathed, was on this earth. But there's a poetry there that even speaks more loudly to me than the facts. And it's just beautiful. And we can, we can hear that in songs like, like Midnight Clear. Uh, we can hear that in Silent Night. We can, we can hear that in all kinds of different places. And we can hear that in this, in the incredible beauty we can experience, in the incredible magic we can experience when we share the message. And that message is just beyond like Christ is born. Like it's, it's something much greater. It's, it's, this, it's this, this endeavor of the heart. You know, we're in the midst of a series here. Last week we looked at hearing the beauty. I'm going to have you say the M word. This work we're looking at the magic in sharing the, sharing the message. So to get, now we're going to launch right into a second question that's connected. We're really warming up today as if it's not warm enough already. And that's this, that's this second question. What was the best news you ever got to share with someone? What was the best news you ever got to share? And I've, I've had a number. I mean, I just go back to, for some reason, my, my daughter Gage was born up in Allentown. And I remember it was our second, our, our third child, excuse me. And I, and I get on the phone and I hear my dad's voice. And as soon as I hear my dad's voice, guess what I do? Cry, like a baby. You know, I couldn't say everything. And, and, and dad's like, she was born, wasn't she? So, so what was the best news you ever got to share with someone? You're welcome to share that with a neighbor or to text it into me. Please take a minute and share that. Let's take a look here. And isn't it fun, too, when you get to share good news? I mean, one of the ones I get to share every year, and it's a wonderful part of this congregation. A number of you very secretly come to me, and you give me cash, and you say, Chuck, give it to somebody in need. You realize that happens every year? You know, every year I've been here. And it, it just, it's a beautiful thing to be able to share that with other people. Uh, here we go. Telling Jenny's family we were engaged. <laughs> Dave just got extra credit. <laughs> Getting into college. Uh, I've been coming to New Church Live for, for two years. On September 17th, the birth of my twin grandsons. Then my adoption of my family was going to happen. The day I brought my adopted son home from the hospital. Oh, this is a beautiful one. I'm sober and we are getting married. My mother was cancer-free. Birth of our daughter, Casey. I got us tickets to the Star Wars premiere. That's somebody I got to meet. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Our engagement. I found the love of my life. Beautiful, beautiful things, folks, that we have, and, and that, that ability to share good news. And that's sort of what I want to want to sort of keep that spirit here today. What is that feeling like? And, and who would you actually share it with? Now, I want to tell you a story. It's really a story that, that centers on that sharing of news and, and what that can be like. And it's the story, we're, we're sort of moving the story forward. And now we're moving the story of Mary forward to where she knows that the baby is coming. Mary, who's the, who's the mother of Christ, she's found out she's pregnant. 
She's an unwed, very young, uh, engaged, soon-to-be mom in, in, occupied, in the occupied territories of Judea. So we were talking last week about how she's sort of on the outskirts, and she finds out this news. She's very afraid, but then she sort of settles down with it. And eventually she finds her voice as she hears God, one of the most important of God's messages, which that is that our, our identity is far greater than our biography. So she decides she wants to share this news. And the person she chose who she would most want to share it with was a woman by the name of Elizabeth, her favorite aunt. What I tell all my nieces and nephews right from when they, when they come out of the womb, I say, I am uncle favorite to you. <laughs> so this is a woman who's, who's clearly aunt favorite. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful story because we miss the context of this stuff so much. It's, it's why we have a wonderful group, the sermon writing team, because they, they sort of help me to see things that I can never see. And they pointed out a part of the story that I never, ever considered. And it's this. You know, folks, it, it, at that time, it's not like you would have had Mary sitting down there in Nazareth and Elizabeth up in the hill country, and she would have been, been all excited, pulled out her phone and texted Elizabeth, I'm going to have a baby. It's not how it would have worked. Like, Elizabeth would have had no idea. So keep that part in mind. And the other part to keep in mind is that Elizabeth was married to a man by the name of Zechariah. Zechariah was a priest. So he would have known, and she would have known all too well, all too well, the penalties, the social scorn that would have gone with having a child out of wedlock. Pretty interesting. The other flip of the story is this. Elizabeth had been barren. She hadn't had a child. She's well into her years. Now, now at this stage of world history, life expectancy was like 35, 36. So she probably would have been a real old timer, probably in her late 40s, early 50s. And she had a child. A child that was to become, and you don't need to remember, this is a whole other Bible story, that was to eventually become John the Baptist. Interesting, right? Mary too young, in a sense, to have children. Elizabeth too old. Elizabeth finds out before this announcement that she is to have a child. And then in comes Mary. Now put yourself in that situation. Imagine your 14 or 15-year-old niece coming in to tell you she's not married and she's pregnant what would your reaction be? (laughs) A little anxious? A little nervous? A little fear-filled, and fear's a big part of the Christmas story? I mean, isn't it interesting? And what we see is we see a miracle here of how Elizabeth reacts. And this comes back to what I was saying about the poetry of the story. It's where we can start to see the real poetry in the Bible, the real poetry, it's, it's not like somebody sat there with a scribe, like there was a New York Times reporter scribing exactly what she said, but this was the feeling that people were trying to convey about her reaction. Listen to this beautiful line. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my my womb 
leapt for joy. Take a look at this line, folks. I'm going to have you say the L word there. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And imagine being a picture that looks something like this. Just that, that, that sheer joy. And, and again, folks, like get that there was a choice here. Elizabeth knows the sanctions, and the sanctions were much more severe than, than what we would wrestle with today. Much more severe. And yet she chose to meet this news with incredible, great joy. I want to talk about that, and I want to talk about what two gifts might be that, that we can choose to offer as we come across news in our lives. And that news could be Christ being born anew. It could be something quite literal in our life. And we always have this choice about how we're going to do it. Again, this is a Christmas story. This is a story of birth again. So see it in that context, like something being born anew. Being born by maybe learning to make a slightly different choice. Now I'm going to come on over here. And I want you to think here about Two possible gifts. And I'm going to turn it around. I want you to say it loud. We have this first gift, which is? Good. And then we have this second gift? Belief in. So fear for and belief in. I think we can choose these two, right? I can choose to deliver something out of here, and I can choose to deliver something out of here. How many of us in here, if, if, if uh, you know, if you have a, a family member, a niece, a nephew, a child, have they told you some great plan, and you were scared out of your mind? And you're like, should I say something? Should I not? See, and, and I think this is, this is the trick. I, I feel that what God is doing is that, like, of course we're going to have fears, and of course we're going to have beliefs, of course we're going to have these two things, it's all a matter of which one do we put the bow on, all right? Which one do we put the bow on? Do I put the bow on my fear for? Now, I can dress up my fears for other people. Like, I can make it look like it's really not a fear. I can just sit there and smile, and my stunned silence tells them <laughs> that I'm scared out of my mind. I can also say, this is my code for sharing a fear. Well, have you ever considered... That sharing a fear for. There may be certain situations where there is a time and a place for that, that kind of candid conversation. So I don't want to completely preclude it from consideration. I think we have to think about those things. Maybe Elizabeth had that conversation later on out back over a cup of coffee. I don't know. But I think, where are we going to put this are we going to put it here, or are we going to put it in our belief in? Our belief in our loved ones. This is a big choice. And once we can start to understand this, and we can start to get here, we can start to say, okay, I'm not going to share my, my fears for I'm actually going to try, to try to give gifts out of this belief in. What is allowed to be present is peace and joy. This is all about anxiety and fear. You said, what? This, though, is a far different place. A far more peace-filled place. Maybe even the Christmas message from a 10,000-foot view is God's great saying, look to humanity, I believe in you. I believe in you.
And when we can start to come from this place, from this place, I'm going to step back over here, we can start to understand and share our joy more and more and more. Now the story goes on, and here's a beautiful line after after Elizabeth gives birth. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbor and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. And have you say the J word there? And they shared her joy. It's it's a beautiful line because I I really do think that that because she was able to share her belief in with Mary and to be able to share that joy, that that joy actually was able to sort of ripple out in all kinds of different ways. That's part of community. That's part of church. That's part of what we're trying to do. That's, that's part of finding the magic again of Christmas. Because we're all so interwoven, interwoven deeply into community. Look at this line from New Church Theology talking about community. Community is harmony among many. No one's life is ever isolated from the life of others. We know that harmony. We can sense that harmony. I, I went down to Reading Terminal Market yesterday, and there's, there's three people trying to play music for money, and they're all three in a row. The problem is they're all playing a different song. <laughs> How well did that sound? Take a guess. It was not the new church live band on Market Street. It just didn't sound that good. And, 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 that's, and that's where I think God is constantly saying, look, I, I want to bring harmony and community. I want to bring harmony and community. What I want to do is talk for a minute and, and have somebody share from the audience. Now, I already have a plant out there. So if, if nobody volunteers, that's fine. I'm going to go ask someone else. Which I want you to think about somebody, you know, some, there's a number of you in here are sitting with both scary news and exciting news. You know, it's both and. We all know what the, that kind of news is like. You're both, you're both really, uh, you know, excited about the future and scared out of your mind. So what I want to do is I want the lights to come up just for a minute. And I want to see if there's somebody who would like to share that with us. And then I want to sort of walk through a process of, of maybe how to see this differently. I want to be up front with you folks. This is a big risk. I want to try something a little risky because it is Christmas. Is that all right? Okay, it's going to be a little risky. It may fall flat on, it, flat on its face. I don't know. But I, but I just want to give you a sense, a visual of this, so that you can, you can see, I think, what this story is talking about. All right? So if the lights could come up, and if somebody's facing some, and again, I have a plant in the audience who's going to answer. If none of you are brave enough to today, that's fine. But if any of you do have something, just raise your hand, and I want to hear what it is. That my daughter uh, is finding recovery right now. This is the risk. This is the ri- you guys get what a big risk this is. Please be gentle. Please be gentle. So, so Bob, just say it one more time. That my- no, look at me. That my daughter finds recovery. That my daughter finds recovery. Bob is one of the best men in this congregation. (laughs) He is. When we're in these moments and we can share fear for or belief in, you see the choice I'm faced with right now? Because the biggest thing he fears right now 
is that he's alone. And his daughter's alone. Nobody can understand. Nobody can get it. Nobody understands. It's just fear, fear, and fear. As my buddy Bob would say, we get all feared up. Now, with Bob not looking, anybody who'd like to come and just put a hand on his back and just support him as we say a little prayer, just please come forward. Lord, be with Bob at this time. Be with his daughter. Allow him, Lord, to feel the hands of all those who believe in him, to feel their peace, their joy, their gentle connection, their willingness to stand with him, Lord, in a place of fear and a place of loneliness. Be with them, Lord. Be with May. Guide their ways. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, now just take a look for a minute. Just take a look at the angels for a second. Take a look. Thank you. There you go. Thank All you. right, give them a round of applause, folks. Yeah. <laughs>
to belief in? What happens when we move away from fear for to belief in? Like what's, what starts to occur? Cause it's, it's tough to do it. And I feel like, like we have to sort of, I mean, that's where faith kind of comes in and it's, it's just faith. Like, look, uh, you know, leap in the net will appear or, or believe in spite of the evidence, watch the evidence change, however you want to look at it. But, it, but it's, it's hard to do, you know, especially if you're all, as, as, as Bob would say, if you're all feared up, it's just hard to do. But I think there's a way we can discipline ourselves to do that. And when we do, when we do, we keep on going, no, my job is to, is to belief, to have belief in. What is it that actually starts to occur for us? Well, I want to share with you this. This is a piece of new church theology. What God brings to life is open, vibrant, full of a spiritual and heavenly core, offering unhindered access all the way to God. That's what God is starting to bring to life. Like, look at that, folks. Open, vibrant, full or whole of a spiritual and heavenly core, offering unhindered access all the way up to God. Like, all the way up. Like, that's what the promise can start to be. It, it, it's not sort of a self-inflation. Actually, it's a self-deflation thing. But as that deflation happens, as, as we realize we're just, we're like Mary. We're just humble. We're just hungry. We're, we're just, we're broken. We're flawed. We're all those things. And when we can come for that and we can start to allow God to move through us over Christmas, then these things happen and it's open, vibrant, whole. The whole way up. Do you see why, why thousands of years before this story, like thousands of years before Mary, in Isaiah, this was the prophecy of, of what, what Christ coming to the world would mean. This is from Isaiah. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Yeah, can we all say it together? The Prince of Peace. Beautiful. So, so we do the discipline. We do the work. We, we push aside the fear for. We reach for the belief in. And God will open up. Who knows when? It's not like a program, right? He'll, he does it. His ways are not our ways. But he will open that up. I really, I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again. And when that opens up, it, it opens up into heaven, into God. And, and, and here's what New Church Theology says. We know we're in heaven because the air of heaven, the, the word that's used there is, is the, very, the very core of it is peace. We're no longer fighting identity versus biography. We're in that place of great peace. Peace which passes all understanding. Peace that isn't about detachment from the world, but that is about engagement in the world, but is not frenetic. It's not frenetic. I mean, even notice Elizabeth's story. Like the last thing she did, she didn't, she didn't run away and say, like, look, i got to pray on this for 20 minutes. I'll get back to you. She didn't do that. She was present right there. I was listening to a, to a wonderful podcast with Rob Bell, and he shared a couple of things. And, and uh, he, one of the things he shared, and I, I think it just gets to this belief in thing. You know, he, he, was, he was lecturing in a very large audience, said about a 1,000 people. And he said, are there any questions? And somebody raised their hand, first question out of the audience. And this person said, I've been sexually abused. What should I do? 
You know what Rob Bell said to her? Nothing. He got off of the stage, went and gave her a hug. See, that's the being present. That's that being present in a very deep, very meaningful way. And then the interview went on, and, and he was talking about, well, you know, the interview asked him, well, how did you always know there was a God? And he said, because I kept on experiencing this. I kept on experiencing this, and say those two words, this limitless joy. This limitless joy. And I, I think that that's, if I, if I think that's, that's what new church stuff's talking about, that, that we find that magic and that joy and it comes with work. And then that joy becomes a door that opens up into peace. And that in turn, the peace becomes, becomes in and of itself something that can come down and come down very strongly into joy. It can come down very strongly into joy. And then we're just in that moment that's magic. Now, what is the magic here of sharing the message? Magic in sharing this message, bearing witness through joy, compassion, and truth to what God is bringing to life in others. And in so doing, to allow God to bring something to life in us. A sharing not of our fears for, but our belief in. And that sharing, folks, can be transformative. I want to share with you a story now on video. It's the story of Maya Angelou, a poet I quote here a lot. She, she offers some beautiful Christian poetry, and, and, and there's a beautiful little segment that she did where she's talking about what this sharing meant for her life. Somebody who was able to share not her fears for her, but her belief in her. So please take a look at this short video. My grandmother, my father's mother, raised me. She was an amazing woman. She told me, sister, when you get, give. When you learn, teach. These are lessons to live by. I thought for a long time that my grandmother was God. She was so tall. And she used to tell me, sister, mama don't know what she's going to do. Mama just going to step out on the word. Just step out on the word of God. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. People call me stupid, dumb, uh, a moron, an idiot, because I didn't speak for six years. I was a mute. And Mama used to tell me when she'd braid my hair, my hair was huge and very curly. My Mama would say, Sister, Mama don't care what these people say. But you must be an idiot. You must be a moron because you can't talk. Sister, Mama don't care. Mama know when you and the good Lord get ready. You're going to be a teacher. Sister, you're going to teach all over this world. I used to sit there and think, this poor ignorant woman, doesn't she know I will never speak? I've taught at the Bema Theater in Israel, in Tel Aviv. I've taught in Egypt. I've been distinguished visiting professor at the University of Exeter in England. I've taught in Rome and all over the United States. 
And each time I have another honor, I think of my grandma. Mm. So, I am grateful to have been loved and to be loved now and to be able to love because that liberates. Love liberates. It doesn't just hold. That's ego. Love liberates. Incredibly powerful segment, right? And I, I, don't you love that word, like, step out on the word? Like, isn't that beautiful? Wow, I wish I could speak like that. And I, I, I can't, but it's truly, truly a grace to be able to hear someone like that who can share in language like that. And a story of hers, you know, those of you who know my Angela's story, it's a very hard story. But even within that hard story, here was someone who was consistently playing that role of Elizabeth. That, that role of belief in versus fear for. And it changed her life. I mean, just even seeing her, wasn't that poignant when she just welled up with tears even saying her grandma's name? You know? And we can be that for each other. We're going to close the service now with actually lighting the second candle for Advent. So... I would love to have, if there's any, any youngins in the audience, you're, if we could have a couple of young kids come forward. If not, I'll just volunteer somebody. <laughs> so, so if you're, if you have, if you're here with a child, you can come forward and, and help us light the candle here. And then last week we looked at the candle of hope. And this week we're looking at the candle of peace. Peace. That very essence, that very heart of heaven, that highest of highest pieces that can then, that can then give rise down to joy. We also, folks, last week took time to fill out prayer cards and your prayers were simply, stunningly beautiful. So I'd invite you as well, if you'd like to write another prayer this week, we have pens and, and paper up here that you can do that. So with that, let's light the candles. Do we have a, a child volunteer in here? You can just shout out because I really can't see anybody. Any child volunteers? All right. Do we have anyone who would like to light a candle? You can come on up. You're feeling like lighting the candle of hope and the candle of peace. You can come on up. All right. I'll go ahead and light the, the second one. And, and one of the things I was reading about that was interesting with, with Advent, one of the traditions was to actually light with the first candle, the second candle. So it's a beautiful idea of like lighting hope, give light to peace, which is kind of beautiful. So I'll do that. All right. So the way we're going to close the service now is we're going to come out, we're going to have some gentle music. I'm then going to offer a prayer, and then you'll have the opportunity to come forward, write out a prayer, say your own prayer, say the Lord's Prayer as you know it, as we close the service, and then talk about what is a midnight clear, just just that idea. That's what we're going to close on. So please join me in prayer. 
Lord, thank you for your presence here among us today. And Lord, allow us in this season, allow us in this season to find, Lord, that peace in our hearts. That peace, Lord, that knows of support, that knows of love, that knows of care. That second week of Advent. Lord, allow us to live there. Allow us, Lord, to do those things where we step out onto the word. The word as being your message of love and compassion out there into this world. Moving away from a fear for. And instead, Lord, grounding ourselves more and more deeply in a belief in. Lord, let us just breathe that peace. Just that peace. The peace that you know us, that you care for us, that you treasure us, that you treasure those in our lives who are in pain, and that you are doing this. You are carrying us home. In your name we pray. Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.